0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau.
1: Today, we would like to talk about the life of being parents and being dad and mom that will impact the next generation. I thank God that... Jesus went to the cross. He was put in the tomb. He was raised from the dead. And he won the victory over death to pave the way for all of us so that we can also win the battle in our life. You need to understand one thing. Jesus won the battle so that we can win. And not only that, so that we can help other people to win as well. So that's why it's so great to become a Christian and to know Jesus and walk with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 19, because I leave, you will leave also. Because Jesus won the battle, we can win as well. And we can help our children to win in the next generation to come. Therefore, today I would like to talk about the word legacy. And when we talk about the word legacy, sometimes we're thinking about our accomplishment in life that we can pass on to the next generation. Some of you may be thinking about financial inheritance, houses and cars and money in the bank account. But there is something that is more significant than just the worldly material inheritance or legacy. What we can do as fathers and also mothers is that we can store up mercy, blessing, and favor of God in our account in heaven. And the Bible clearly says that The favor of God, the blessing and the mercy of God can be passed down to a thousand generations to come as well. So, fathers and all the parents in this church and all the parents who listen to this teaching, I would like to encourage all of you to live a life that honors God. Live a life that you pray for your children and pray for the next generation. Do you know that you are where you are today? Because somebody in your family line has sacrificed for you. Do you know that you are where you are today? Because somebody prayed for you in the past. Do you know that somebody has honored God before you were born? And that's why God honored them, even though they already passed away, by honoring us and giving the blessing to us. Our God is a God of honor. You are not who you are today on your own ability. This is why Paul say in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your f- mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you also. In effect, Paul was trying to say, Hey, Timothy, I see the faith of God in you. But you did not get that faith on your own. It was passed down to you by a godly woman named Lois, your grandmother, who was a praying woman, a God-fearing woman. She honored me by faith. And she passed that faith to your mom, Eunice. And that faith was passed on to you. And I can guarantee, and I am confident that, the blessing and the faith that you receive from your mom and your grandmom will be passed on to your children as well. Some of you may say, Pastor, I did not grow up that way. I was the first Christian in my family. I did not have any spiritual heritage. I did not know God before. My parents did not know God before. But I want to encourage you today that you can start a new chapter of your family line that you make the right choice to honor God every day, you live for God so that you begin to store up God's mercy and favor in your account in heaven and that will be passed down to the next generation to come. One time, Joshua and the children of Israel were in the midst of great battle and Moses was on the hill Moses was lifting up his hand with the rod of God. Every time his hands were up, the children of Israel and Joshua were winning the war, the battle. But every time Moses became tired and his hand dropped, the children of Israel began to lose the battle. Moses noticed that problem. He called Aaron Er to come and lift his arm up so that he would not drop his hand down. And eventually, Joshua completely won the battle. What we learn from this story is that Joshua could not have won the battle. He would not win the battle on his own. He needs somebody to pray for him and intercede for him. Without Moses doing his job to intercede for his spiritual children, Joshua and the children of Israel, Joshua... And those people would not have won the battle. You know, it's easy to say I am successful because I'm very smart. It's easy to say that I am so great and blessed and have a big house and nice car because I'm a hardworking man and because I'm a very talented person. Yes, it may be true in part. But you are who you are today. Because somebody has sacrificed, because somebody has paid the price before you came into the world. I thank God for my dad. My dad was saved when he was a teenager, but unfortunately, when he moved to Thailand, he did not have a church to go, and he kind of backslid. But all of his life, when he was a young man and was growing up, I saw godly character in him because he knew Jesus when he was a teenager. He was a giver. He's a hardworking man. He was responsible. He took care of his children very well. And every time he sat at the table to eat dinner, my dad would open his mouth and taught me something. At that time, I, I ignored him because I thought, okay, another teaching today on the table. But now when I look back, I thank God for my father. I could not be the man who I am today, who is responsible, who works hard, and who is giving myself to the kingdom of God without the example of my father. You know you are smart because you get the gene from your smart mom. Sometimes when I saw my grandchildren and they're smart, I said, wow, they look like Pasada. They get the smart gene from Pasada. Amen. You may be talented. But you know, your talent comes because your mom and your grandmom worked so hard to build their ability and their talents. And when you're growing up, they taught you, they trained you, and they put in you the confidence in your talents. So you should be thankful for your ancestors. You get a good grade not because you are lucky. You get a good grade. Because somebody has paid the price before you came into the world. Somebody in your family line was holding up their hands and interceding for you. Let us live our life in such a way to cause others to win the battle. Let us live our life in such a way that we make every decision to honor God. And the generation to come will be blessed. Because of us. Every time you resist the temptation, maybe you have a problem with addiction to pornography, and you say, I'm not going to f- watch pornography anymore. You resist the temptation, and you overcame the temptation, you are storing up some good things in heaven for your next generation. Every time you go to church, and you encourage somebody who will down. Every time you give money to the house of God, to the poor and to the mission, you are helping somebody who in need. You're forgiving somebody who hurt you. You are storing up mercy of God in the account in heaven. Whatever you do today will have an impact to the next generation. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 7 verses 9 to 10. This is an interesting scripture. Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. This scripture explains that Levi, before he was born and before he showed up on this planet Earth, he already gave tithe to God through Abraham, his forefather. In other words, God credited the blessing of tithing to Levi because his ancestor was a great giver. Because his ancestor honored God with his finances. And the same thing, whatever you do today, he will honor you by giving the credit to your children when they grow up. That's what happened to Levi and Abraham. No wonder why some of you are so blessed today. Because your parents might be a giver. And they keep giving, keep helping people, showing love to people. You can do the same thing. You can make a choice today to honor God, be a giver, build the church of God. And one day God gonna honor you by taking care of your children. By passing the mercy to your children. And this fact or this truth in the Bible is called the covenant of mercy. And King David talked about that in Psalm chapter 89. I'm going to read verses 1 to 2. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Everyone say forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen, which means King David. I have sworn to my servant David, verses 24 and 29. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name, his horn shall be exalted. And I will set his hand over the sea and his right hand over the rivers. And he shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My mercy. I will keep for him forever and my covenant shall stand firm with him. His seed also I will make to endure forever and his throne as the days of heaven. You can see from this scripture that all of us as a believer who is born again and our name is recorded in the book of life of the Lamb has a bank account in heaven. We all have an account and you can store up Mercy, favor, and blessing of God in that account. The question is, how do you make a deposit of mercy and God's favor in your account? The answer is by daily making choices to honor God. Every single day, you make choices to honor the Lord. When you go to church... When you stand up at the front of the church to greet people and smile, you're storing up God's mercy in heaven. When you help people who are in need, you drive your car, spend your gasoline money to visit somebody in the hospital, you are storing up God's mercy in your account. When you're struggling with addiction and you stand up by faith, and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. To say no to that addiction. You resist it. You store up the mercy of God in your account. Amen. God say to David. Because you store up God's mercy in heaven. In your account in heaven. Because you have been so faithful to me. You are the man after God's own heart. You have been loyal to me. And I want to show you mercy by taking care of your children, by showing my mercy to your children. I will watch over them for years and years and years, even after you pass away. Even when your children get off course or get off track, I will still show mercy. They will not get what they deserve, but I will show mercy to them. This truth makes me sleep well because I know that as every day I make choices to honor God, the mercy of God will be stored up in my account in heaven, and he will not only show mercy to me in my lifetime now, but after I leave this world, he will look favorably toward my children, grandchildren, and the next generation to come. I want you to understand that you're just not going to church. You are storing up mercy in heaven. You're not just smiling and take care of some stranger. You are storing up God's mercy in heaven. You're not just serving God in the worship team, doing the PowerPoint or sound system and going to care group. You are storing up God's mercy in heaven. Some of your friends may ask you, are you tired of volunteering in the hospital? Are you tired of being in the board for 10 years? Why don't you quit? You can smile and say I'm not tired because I keep my mercy account in heaven full all the time. When you are an archer, when you serve in the children program, when you go to care group and you help them to teach the Bible and smile at people, bring food to the care group, you can say that I know I'm leaving this place and my account is getting a little bit bigger and more mercy of God in my account. As parents, we should do this. We should remember that we do good. We honor God so that the mercy of God will be passed on to the next generation. Amen? Maybe you shouldn't took off from the church and start to hang out with bad friends. Believe me, God is merciful and God is faithful. As you are a praying parent and you have stored up the mercy of God in heaven, God gonna make them feel miserable. God gonna make them feel uncomfortable eventually. God gonna make them feel that they cannot be at rest and eventually they will be stirred up to come back home and say, Dad, I repent and I want to go back to church. God gonna do something to bring your children back to the house of God. Amen. How many people want to do that? Want to really store up the mercy of God in heaven? Amen. In 1st King chapter 11 verses 6 to 13, at that time, King Solomon, the son of King David, 23 years after King David passed away, King Solomon began to goof off. He married unbelieving wives from other nations and he worshipped their idols and their gods. God showed up one day and spoke to King Solomon. Solomon, normally I will take this seriously and you're going to get judgment. You have done wrong in my sight. You deserve the big judgment from me. But for my man's sake. King David. He's my man. He loves me. He's loyal to me. He's faithful to me. And I promise him that I would show my mercy to his next generation. I would not take away the kingdom from you now. I will let it go. You deserve to be judged, but I will show special mercy to you because the man who died 23 years ago was faithful to me. This is for my sake and for my son, King David's sake. How many times you have been spared? Many problems happen, and then suddenly the problem vanish, and you may think that, wow, I'm lucky. No, you're not lucky. Somebody before you have stored up God's mercy in the account for you. And God show special favor to you by taking away those problems from you. It's not about luck. It's about somebody have been faithful to God. 57 years later, after King David died, 57 years later, his grandson named Rehoboam, he goofed off too. He made mistake. And God came to this grandson and said the same thing. You know, you deserve the judgment. But I'm not going to give to you what you deserve. Because 57 years ago, somebody that died 57 years ago. Love me, faithful to me, honor me. And I make a covenant of mercy with him. I'm not going to judge you this time. I'm going to let you go. You see, God showed mercy to King David grandson as well. One man make a big difference in the generation to come. Are you going to be that man? Are you going to be that woman? Are you going to be that person who positively affects your next generation? Are you going to be the man who make it easier for the next generation to come to walk with God? It's wonderful to store up money and houses and cars for your children as inheritance. But I want to let you know, something is more worthy than just houses and cars. If you live a life of excellence, a life that honors God, you can store up something that money cannot buy. The mercy and the favor of God in the bank account that your children will enjoy and receive the protection from God. Let me stir you up today. Do the best every day for God. Live your life in intricacy. Live a life that honors God. Live a life of excellence. Even though it's hard, even though you may have to pay the price, keep serving, keep giving, keep loving, keep building the church, storing up the blessing, the favor, and the grace of God, the mercy of God in your account in heaven. 305 years after David was dead, One of his great, great, great grandchildren was on the throne. His name was Hezekiah. Hezekiah faced a big problem. A big army came and surrounded Jerusalem. He and the children of Israel had no chance to win. It looked like they were doomed. Get into trouble now. But all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord showed up. And within a few seconds, all the enemies were killed. And the were spared. I read the scripture to you: Second Kings chapter nineteen, thirty-four to thirty-six. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake. Listen carefully, and my servant David's sake. Three hundred and five years later, for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpse all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home and remained at Nineveh. I believe that King Hezekiah might have asked God, what good have I done? that you save me and spare me this time. And I believe God answered, no, it's not about your sake, but it's about a man who passed away 305 years ago, this man named King David. He loved me. He made the right choice to honor me. He lived for my kingdom. He's the man of God. And he stole up the mercy of God in heaven for you. And 305 years later, I save you. I spare you. My dear brother and sister, why don't we live our life like King David that make our seed, our next generation preserve and receive the mercy of God. Many hundred years from now, if Jesus has not come back, many of us may not be around. Some of you may be around if you think you're going to live 300 years, but I will not be around at 300 years. But it's a good feeling to know that When we are gone, the mercy of God in our account in heaven still have a positive effect and still bless our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. I pray that one of these days, after I pass to be with the Lord, when my offspring need help and God help them supernaturally, God will say to them, you know, I have done this not for your sake, but for the sake of a couple. Beautiful woman and a handsome man (laughs) who passed the church in Seattle in the 21st century. They were so loyal to me, they make right choices to honor me all the days of their life. They live an excellent life, they live a life of integrity, compassion, honesty with passion for me. Therefore, I save you this time, not for your sake, but for their sake. The scripture talk about the iniquities that can be passed down to the third and fourth generation. Iniquities are not good. They are destructive, such as addiction, bad habits, sin, cancer, sicknesses, depression, low self-esteem. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 9 to 10. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy. Everyone say covenant of mercy. For a thousand generations, with those who love him and keep his commandments, and he repays those who hate him to their face, to destroy them, he will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. God say he will keep the covenant of mercy to the thousand generation. My dear brothers and sister, if you serve God in the church today, you are faithful you read the Bible, you pray, you obey the word of God. The Bible said that God will never forget what you do for Him. He keep all the accounts. He keep all the records what you do. And He's going to credit that record into your children and grandchildren and great grandchildren to the thousand generation. It's wonderful to leave material resources to your children, but it's greater to leave the legacy. Of God's mercy to your children. I know that sometimes situations get tough. Sometimes you don't feel like going to church. Sometimes you feel like you want to quit going to church and serving. Sometimes you want to quit your marriage and divorce and just say, I don't want this anymore. Sometimes you feel like you don't want to forgive that person who offends you. Sometimes you feel like you want to yield to the addiction. But remind yourself. That when you make the right choice to honor God, God is storing up more mercy and favor and blessing in your account in heaven. Every time you get up in the morning and go to church, you are storing up something good for your next generation in your bloodline. I know that we all struggle with certain issues that your generation and generation before have been struggling. Some people may be struggling with short-tempered and addiction and pornography or pessimism and all kinds of things and loving money. But I want to encourage you, start today. Draw the line in the sand. Stand up and say, I'm going to put a stop to this. So that my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will not have to suffer from these curses and iniquities. But I will start a new generation of the blessing and the mercy of God. Don't let those things linger in your life. Short temper, addiction, bad habits, and low self-esteem. Let's rise up in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit and get rid of them, break them. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to show you one of the stories in the Bible. That why we need to get rid of them 100%. percent First Samuel chapter 15, 20 to 22. And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep, and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of the ram. The story is this. God told King Saul, to go and attack Amalekites and totally destroy everything, including the king, the animals, all the property must be totally destroyed. You need to understand that Amalekites and all these Assyrians represent sin and bondage and the uh, demonic activities in today's church. And God said, get rid of them 100%. But King Saul kept the king. He preserved the king's life and some of the plunder, the sheep, and the oxen. Fast forward 500 years later. Esther was in a palace. A man named Haman tried to kill her and tried to get rid of the children of Israel. And the Bible says that Haman is a Agagite. He was a descendant of King Agag, the king of Amalekites. Because King Saul kept the man That seed lingered in Israel and later on gave the hard time to the people 500 years later. So, if you're gonna get rid of the problem, get rid 100%, don't keep them in your life. Amen? Amen. Right now, you may be dealing with some issue that you don't like to see in your life. I want to encourage you stand up and get rid of them 100%. Put your foot down, draw the line in the sand. And say, I'm going to get rid of this addiction. I'm going to get rid of anger, low self-esteem, depression, sickness, and bad habits in my life. I will not let it linger in my family anymore. You need to rise up and believe that you are anointed, you are equipped, and you can get rid of those curses in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Before I end the sermon, I want to read two stories. And I will end the sermon. I will read two stories. The first story is about a man named Eddie. Let me read it for you. Listen carefully. Some years, long time ago, there was a man in Chicago called E.C. Eddie. All that time, Al Capone, you know Al Capone? He's a mafia in Chicago, virtually owned the city. Capone wasn't famous for anything heroic. His exploits were anything but praiseworthy. He was, however, notorious of enmeshing the city of Chicago in everything from bootleg, boots, prostitution, and to murder. E.C. Eddie was Carpone's lawyer, and for a good reason. He was very good. In fact, his skill at legal maneuvering kept Big L out of jail for a long time. To show his appreciation, Carpone paid him very well Not only was the money big, Eddie got special dividends. For instance, he and his family occupied a fenced-in mansion with live-in help and all of the conveniences of the day. The estate was so large that it filled an entire Chicago city block. Yes, Eddie lived the high life of the Chicago mob and gave little consideration to the authority that went on around him. Eddie did have one soft spot. However, he had a son that he loved dearly. Eddie saw to it that his young son has the best of everything, clothes, cars, and a good education. Nothing was withheld. Price was no object. And despite his involvement with organized crime, Eddie even tried to teach him right from wrong. Yes, Eddie tried to teach his son to rise above his own sordid life. He wanted him to be a better man than he was. Yet, with all his wealth and influence, there were two things that Eddie could not give his son. Two things that Eddie sacrificed to the carpool mob that he could not pass on to his beloved son a good name and a good example. One day, Eddie reached a difficult decision. Offering his son a good name was far more important than all the riches he could ravish on him. He had to rectify all the wrong that he had done. He would go to the authorities and tell the truth about Scarface Al Capone he would try to clean up his tarnished name and offer his son some semblance of integrity. To do this, he must testify against the mob, and he knew that the cause would be great. But more than anything, he wanted to be an example to his son. He wanted to do his best to make restoration and hopefully have a good name to leave his son. So he testified Within the year, E.C. Eddy's life ended in the blaze of gunfire on a lonely Chicago street. He had given his son the greatest gift he had to offer at the greatest price he would ever pay. First story. Let me read the second story. There was a man named Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare. He was a fighter pilot assigned to an aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. One day, his entire squadron was sent on a mission. After he was airborne, he looked at the fuel gauge and realized that someone has forgotten to top off his fuel tank. He would not have enough fuel to complete his mission and get back to his ship. His flight leader told him to return to the carrier, mean the aircraft carrier, Reluctantly, he dropped out of formation and headed back to the fleet. As he was returning to the mother ship, he saw something that turned his blood cold. A squadron of Japanese bombers were speeding their way toward the American fleet. The American fighters were gone on the sortie and the fleet were all but defenseless. He could not reach his squadron and bring them back in time to save the fleet. Nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing to do. He must somehow divert them from the fleet. You see the picture? Okay. Laying aside all thoughts of personal safety, he dove into the formation of the Japanese planes Wing-mounted, 50-caliber's blaze as he charged in, boom, 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 boom. Attacking one surprise enemy plane and then another. Butch weaved in and out and of now broken formation and fire at as many planes as possible until finally all his ammunition was spent. Undaunted, he continued the assault. He dove at the planes, trying to at least clip off a wing or tail in hopes of damaging as many enemy planes as possible and rendering them unfit to fly. He was desperate to do anything he could to keep them from reaching the American ships. Finally, the Japanese squadron took off in another direction. Deeply relieved, Butch O'Hare And his tattered fighter limped back to the carrier. His plane was injured. Upon arrival, he reported in and related the events surrounded his return. The film from the camera mounted on the plane told the tale. It showed the extent of Butcher's daring attempt to protect his fleet. He had destroyed five enemy bombers. That was on February 20th. 1942, and for that action, he became the Navy's first ace of World War II, and the first naval aviator to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. A year later, he was killed in an aerial combat at the age of 29. His hometown would not allow the memory of that heroic action to die, and today, O'Hare Airport In Chicago, his name in tribute to the courage of this great man. So the next time you are in O'Hare, visit his memorial and with his statue and the Medal of Honor. It is located between the Terminal 1 and Terminal 2. Why I connect these two stories? Because the father of Butch O'Hare is E.C. Eddie O'Hare the man who was killed by the mob and gave his son reputation, good name, integrity, and honor. He lived his life to pass on the integrity and mercy and reputation to his son who did great courage work for the country. One generation only from being so bad From two, being so reputable, filled with integrity and honor and respect. You may be one generation before something great happened to your children. God is going to give your children special favor, incredible success, amazing opportunities. Because you make the right choice to honor God every day of your life. You're willing to draw the line in the sand and stop all the bad things in your life—cheating, lying, pornography—all these things. Being a man of integrity, being a man of honor, being a man who fears God and lives your life for God. Stop gossiping, talking bad, living a life of excellence for the Lord, and your next generation—even hundred years from now after you passed. Your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren will reap the favor of God. You store up the favor of God in heaven not just for yourself, but for the generation to come. I want to encourage all of you to live a life that will inspire your relatives, your children to fear God and love God. Leave a legacy of God's mercy. To the next generation. By being a man after God's own heart. Amen. Living the life of honor and excellence before the eyes of the Lord. Amen. If that can happen to the O'Hare's family, it can happen to you as well. How many people say amen? amen. I will make the right choice to honor God every day. Are you gonna do that? All the dads say amen. All the mom say amen. Amen. One day, I pray that God will say to your children and grandchildren, for your mom's sake, who lift up the hands to pray for you like Moses, for your dad's sake, who have been living a life of integrity and honor for me in that city and in the church, building the church, being faithful in the ministry, I will show favor and mercy to you. I saved you this time. I spare you this time. I perform miracle, even though you don't deserve it. But I will do it for you. Because I want to honor that man and that woman who lived for me. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you. This sermon encouraged me. And I know I will sleep well. And I will die one day with peace in my heart. That I have done my best to pass on the legacy. Of God's mercy to my children. I'm going to continue to serve. I continue to be faithful in the church. Continue to give. Continue to bless people. And live a life that God is pleasing and happy with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for encouraging all of us. And reminding all of us to live a life that will honor you until we die. Lord, we know that you are not interested in our past. Lord, our past, we make mistakes. But you're interested in helping us to set a new standard and to move on to the future that we're going to store up God's blessing and favor and mercy in our account in heaven. And we thank you, Lord, for your promise, the covenant of mercy that will pass on to the generations and generations to come, Lord. Oh Lord, we thank you for our ancestor who has done great things and we reap the blessing now, Lord. We thank you for your word and we believe, Father, that you will really encourage all the mom and dad in this house to live a life that gives honor to you all the days of their life, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to God. Thank you, Jesus. Any one of you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to give your life to the Lord and start a new life today. You may be growing up in the Christian home. Your dad, your mom have brought you to the church for many years, but you never personally invite Jesus into your heart, yourself. I want to encourage you today to give your life to Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray with me? Father in heaven, today I make a decision to have you as my father. I repent of my sin. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ died for me, raised from the dead, paid the price of my sin. Jesus Came into my life. I want to follow you. Thank you Jesus. That you broke the curse. Of my life. On that cross. And now. I am a candidate. Of the blessing of Abraham. Break the generational curse in my life. And give me the generational blessing. Lord, I promise you by the power of the Holy Spirit I will make right choices every day to honor you and I will store up God's mercy in my account in heaven. Take care of my next generation, Lord. I know you are the loyal God, faithful God You keep your promise. I will do my best. I make an effort to do everything the best I can to honor you, to build your church, to serve you, to give, to have the right attitude and to love you with all my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Are you encouraged today? How many people believe that God's word is real and he will do what he say? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
0: We trust that this message is ministered to you.